I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Something is uh, happening, and it's very peculiar because of what people have been telling me earlier. Uh, You know, you hear all the time from people who are not boxing fans, from people who are ignorant, that boxing is dead, that nobody cares about it anymore. Last week, and, you know, the following days, I had so many people coming up to me at work or just messaging me on social media, friends, asking me, did you hear about the Mayweather-Pacquiao press conference? And, of course, I did. I was, you know blown away by it the coverage the, the the red carpet treatment it was like you were watching the premiere of a movie instead of uh the press conference for the biggest fight in boxing history so now that this this fight is happening mayweather versus pacquiao can we stop with the whole boxing is dead i'll admit And yeah, there's no denying that it is not as mainstream as it was 20, 30 years ago. But you have two combatants who are going to be making hundreds of millions of dollars for 36 minutes or less of action. So please, do not tell me that boxing is dead. I really don't want to hear that anymore. Or unless you just want to show off your lack of original thinking and your incompetence. Please do that. But no, boxing is not dead. It's not going anywhere. Do you know why? Because we've got PBC on NBC. And last week we had PBC on Spike. I didn't actually get to see this because, you know, I have a job and I don't like having to actually do it when it means I get to miss boxing. But, you know, thank God for YouTube and stuff like that. Um, you know what? Get Antonio Tarver on all the PBC shows. The commentary team for the uh, Spike show was Scott Hansen, Jimmy Smith, and Antonio Tarver. Antonio Tarver was the best thing about the Spike show. I don't, um, I don't know whether Antonio Tarver should still be fighting. Maybe he should just hang him up. He he really wants to fight Klitschko, or uh, he's uh, talked about you know Shannon Briggs maybe they should fight but no Antonio if you can't get any big fights just do commentary for boxing because you're so good at it dude you really are I mean no Pauli Malignaggi is really good I do I do not really agree with Malignaggi a lot of times but he's very good Antonio Tarver just a little bit better you know just a little bit I mean, don't get mad at me, Polly, if you're listening. But Antonio Tarver is just a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, so yeah, why, why don't we actually, uh, why don't we actually talk about the fights themselves, shall we? Uh, on the undercard, we had Sean Porter, uh, former welterweight titleist, going up against well, the unknown Eric Bonet. 
We've had a dramatic, sudden change in this fight. Sean Porter, former world champion, was scheduled to fight Roberto Garcia. However, we were told late last night, Garcia fell ill. He spent the night in the hospital. Garcia cannot go. In his place, Eric Bonet, a relatively young or newer fighter from Ecuador who's getting the shot of a lifetime. You've got to admire the guts of Eric Bonet for, you know, on 24 hours notice, he says, okay, fine, I'll be the replacement guy for Garcia. And uh, you know what? I didn't give him a round in this fight. I really didn't. But, um, you know, he's coming in. He was coming up in weight, but he had the height and reach advantage. And he really seemed to be seizing the moment because there was this... Uh, I don't know, I kind of had the feeling that maybe he realized I may not ever get an opportunity this big ever again. So, you know, on his way to the ring, he was bumping fists with everybody. He had this huge smile on his face and uh, didn't win around. But at the same time, he was landing some very good shots on Porter. And I'll be honest, was not that impressed with Sean Porter in this fight. Something about him seemed overly aggressive, and um, but not overly effective. It seemed like a lot of the times he was just wasting energy. I, I really couldn't understand it. He, uh, I don't know, like he, maybe he felt like he wanted to get him out of there early because he was, because Bonet was a 24-hour replacement, and he realized the longer this fight goes on, okay, I've trained for it, but how good does it make me look because a guy who hasn't had a training camp to fight me is still hanging in there. And, uh, yeah, he, he, I, I just wasn't that, wasn't that impressed with him. But uh, in the fifth round, uh, Bonet was down from a very, I'll admit it was a vicious combination from uh, Sean Porter. He was first dropped the body shot, but then, Porter comes back with this uh, great combination, and Bonet just couldn't beat the count, but you got to take your hat off to the guy. Came in on less than a day's notice as, okay, yeah, I'll fight this guy. Why not? And uh, he did it. Well, no, I mean, he just fought. When I say he did it, he, he fought his ass off, really. And uh, yeah, again, I wasn't that impressed with uh, with Porter. I I just thought, you know... You should be fighting a lot more intelligently, but again, he just probably wanted to get him out of there early and show off his skills, but he did that, and the crowd did appreciate it at the end. They really liked the knockout, but um, I don't know. I just, I didn't, nothing uh, really stood out to me. I just thought, okay, well, you did that, but you didn't look that great doing it either. Uh, let's move on to something else in the broadcast, something that I saw a lot of people talking about on Twitter, and that was, uh, they had Thomas Hearns on the show. Thomas Hearns, if you don't know, my favorite fighter of all time. I, you know, I would love to interview the guy, but unfortunately, I don't think it would be a good interview because I would just be too starstruck, and it would be... I think the interview with uh, Hearns, me interviewing Hearns would be like a tribute to the Chris Farley show. I would just, well, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just being the Chris Farley show and you'll get an idea. But uh, 
they had Hearns on the show, and they're, this is going to be a continued feature where they have champions from yesteryear coming on, talking about being up-and-coming fighters and showing off the skills. And people were getting on Hearns' case because his speech is slurred. He's let, Let's be fair. Hearns has taken some great shots to the head. He's you know He put his life on the line for our entertainment to prove that he was great, and he did. And he, t- he took some shots from some of the all-time great punchers. He took shots from uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler. He, he took a lot of hard shots from Iran Barkley. And the dude fought until the end of 2006. And that was when he finally hung up the gloves for good. But uh, I'm, I'm going to play the audio of Hearns. I am here with Thomas the Hitman Hearns, eight-time world champion, one of the greatest knockout punchers in boxing history, and the first boxer ever to win five titles in five different divisions. Just a tiny little resume for him. Great to have you here. Dana, that sounds great, Dana. I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm very proud to be here, too. We're proud to have you because it's a great night for boxing. And along those lines, you had so many great fights in your career. What's it like for these guys tonight who have said, for some of them, this is their biggest night yet. Well, you know, this is a test, a great test for the guys tonight to see how well they do tonight, and that's going to determine how well they're going to do it with the big fight. Big fights are going to come up, and they're going to be, they got to be ready for it. They got to go out there and put out. They go out there tonight and put out and show the world what they, what they are all about, then the world know to come out and support them. When you were fighting, you had to know every night was a big night. Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, what was it like to fight in that era? It was a great time for me because, you know, I got a chance to, to show them in my experience that I had, to show my ability what I can do with the guys with experience. And them guys uh, were very shocked with my experience. Well, I know a lot of Detroiters out there still would love to see you in a ring right now. So much pride there in the Motor City. We have- Is his speech slurred? Yes. But should we really be surprised by that? That's going to happen to a majority of fighters. And yeah, it is a little slurred, but I can understand what he's saying. It's not like I need subtitles. He's not Meldrick Taylor or Roger or Floyd Mayweather Sr. Come on. Yeah, speech isn't the greatest, but who cares? He's Thomas Hearns. He could still kick your ass any day of the week twice on Sunday. All right, now let's move on to the main event of the broadcast, and that was Andre Berto going up against Josecito Lopez. I don't know what it is about Berto. He seems very talented, but uh, there always seems to be something holding him back. And I don't know why, but he was very hesitant in the first round while Lopez was busy scoring punches. He was landing some really good body shots, and they looked and sounded like they hurt really bad. Berto was shaking his head no, but... Tarver was saying when a fighter does that, that means that you actually have hurt him. Um, Berto seemed to do uh, some good work uh, when he had Lopez stuck in the corner, but uh, after three rounds, I still had Lopez ahead, 32-27. And uh, Antonio Tarver pointed something out that, you know, Bert, I said that Berto seemed hesitant, but, but Antonio Tarver pointed out that uh, even when he had opportunities to to really uh, gain an upper hand, Berto wasn't taking them. You would think this is where Berto wants Lopez with his back against the ropes, but he's not being effective. Lopez is still manhandling Berto right now. He needs something to turn this fight around. 
That was another thing that stuck out to me. Lopez was really uh, doing a lot of wrestling at times, and he didn't look it, but he seemed the more uh, the more physically stronger fighter in the ring. You know, Berto's big guy; he's got the muscles, but he was getting manhandled by Lopez. And uh, like Tarver said, uh, Berto really needed to turn this around, and his corner was telling him uh, before the start of round six, he's got Virgil Hunter in his corner, and Hunter's telling Berto. You know, you've got to do something. And Berto told him, you know, just take it easy. Don't worry. He's getting tired. And then in round six, uh, Berto unleashes this great combination that drops Lopez. Lopez gets up and, you know, just like maybe five seconds later, he's down again. And instantly the referee waved it off. Um, Wasn't sure if I agreed with the stoppage or not. I, I think that the referee should have given a count at least because it was like as soon as the punch landed, Lopez uh, went down again and the referee stopped it. I, I If I were the ref, I would have given it a count. Lopez looked like he still could have gone on. Uh, but either way, good for Andre Berto. Uh, you know, he was, I had him down two rounds at that point and it seemed like he knew what was going on with Lopez better than anybody else did. Uh, I just wish that maybe the referee could have given Lopez more of a chance to show that he was still in the game. But good win for Andre Berto. Moving on. Uh, This really isn't related to boxing. Well, this message isn't. But Bret Hart, you're not the only one who received a Montreal screw job. Yeah. Steve Cunningham, I watched the fight on YouTube. And unfortunately, I didn't get any sound clips because when I went to uh, get it later... The video had been taken down, but I don't know how Glaskov could have won that fight. I really don't. Uh, I, I I just thought that uh, Steve Cunningham did more. I thought that you know he was landing the better shots. Glaskov was landing hard shots, but at the same time, I thought he was just kind of landing one shot at a time. And oh. It, it really annoys me because the winner of that fight gets a shot at the winner of Vladimir Klitschko versus Brian Jennings. And, you know, logic favors Klitschko. But it would be very nice if afterwards, you know, whoever wins, be it Jennings or Klitschko, I'm going to go with Klitschko. But if Klitschko wins, it'd be nice if he said, you know what, I watched that fight. I thought Steve Cunningham won. And if he wants a title shot against me, there you go. You know, he, he can have it. But unfortunately that probably won't happen because of the politics in boxing it's very upsetting for steve cunningham because he's a he's a great guy the story the uh, little video that they aired before his fight about the uh, struggles his daughter kennedy has gone through is uh oh it it just really tugs at your heart that wasn't pun intended i assure you but um no what she's gone through with uh great courage and dignity the whole family that what they've done uh it's really great it's sad that something like this has to happen to a guy like steve cunningham because he fights his ass off and then he gets robbed it's not right it really isn't and now let's move on to the main event of the montreal card and that was the light heavyweight championship fight between the champion sergey kovalev and former champion jean pascal i was close with my prediction I said that uh, Kovalev would knock Pascal out in nine. He did. He did it in eight. Um, but 
I was actually a bit surprised with some of the shots that Pascal was landing on Kovalev. I thought, whoa, I, you know, I, again, I really should record audio sound bites as I'm watching the fight, but um, no, I, I thought that this was probably the toughest fight of Kovalev's career because uh, Pascal just kept wanting to go at him. Do I think the fight was stopped, uh, you know, prematurely? Like, I don't know if I agree with the stoppage. I'm still a bit 50-50 on it because on one hand, on one hand, yeah, it could have just been a whole balance issue. And on the other hand, yeah, I don't know. It's very hard to say, but... Pascal doesn't really seem to be that bothered by it because now he's already talking about moving up to heavyweight and fighting Berman Stavern. Okay, whether you like Pascal or not, you've got to give him a lot of credit because he just wants to constantly fight. So you, you can't fault him for that. Now, okay, Kovalev, uh, he won. Does a fight with Adonis Stevenson get made this year? Hopefully, yes. Uh, Stevenson, like he told me, was ringside for the fight. Uh, and he apparently told the HBO crew that he will be fighting Kovalev. I just hope that it can happen soon. Uh, he's got the uh, Premier Boxing Championship appearance. He's going to be defending his title against Saki Obika, who uh, won a title at Super Middleweight. I don't see how this fight should be a problem for Stevenson. I really don't. And I hope that uh, eventually a fight between him and Kovalev can be made. Because he can't keep going on facing challengers like Sakio Bika. That's no disrespect to Bika. But at the same time, nobody's going up to Donna Stevenson and saying, Hey, when are you going to fight Sakio Bika? When are you going to fight some other former 168-pounder? They want to find out when he's going to fight Sergei Kovalev. Hopefully it happens soon. I mean... This is a great time in boxing because everybody thought that Mayweather-Pacquiao would never be made. They never thought. So if they can make Mayweather-Pacquiao, there is no reason why Kovalev and Stevenson cannot come together and have this giant light heavyweight championship showdown. No way that it can't happen. But the problem is that there are still fights out there that can't be made because of ego, management, and all that. And then, of course, that leads back to the beginning with idiots who think that boxing is a dying sport. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.